0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Sexy Scary Book Club. I'm Lisa. And I'm Jess. And we are here to talk about Fever Book 7. Burned. Burned. Uh, and you had texted me about this book. Oh, I, Burned. What a weird little book.
1: <laughs> I was wondering that. I like, I remember texting you my response like right as I finished it. And then I was like, what did I say to her? We text too much. I couldn't scroll back that far to see what it was. But yeah, it it is a weird little book. Yeah. It it doesn't feel like it belongs.
0: Yeah, except maybe like toward the end, it starts to feel more like a fever book. But yeah, yeah, I I, I think, you know, where Iced had, you know, it absolutely had a plot. There was the Whore Frost King and that was the big bad Mm -hmm. of the book. And you were trying to figure out what was going on with that and solve the problem. And Burned felt much more meandering like it didn't really have a plot like nothing was really happening until you know toward the end when we get i guess the crimson hag would be the the big bad of this book and the problem to solve
1: yeah and I, i wonder if part of that is that mac you know our our main narrator the the character we know the most she's invisible for most of the book so it's kind of it's just weird a weird book.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's all I
1: can say, yep. Yeah,
0: um, and we'll we'll get there. Um, yeah. but you know where where we start is. I hate it. Really? Oh, I do no, I hate I love it, it. it so much. Okay, no. so we we start with a flashback, and we're at the Claren House, and we're getting uh, Mac and Baron's first meeting when he comes in the middle of the night to confront her and talk more about what she knows about the shisa do uh but we're getting this from baron's perspective now um and we come to find out that they fucked
1: yeah that night yeah how do you just rewrite a story like that i don't like it it feels cheap i don't like it at all <laughs> it's almost like karen marie moaning wrote fan fiction for her own book yeah yeah I don't <laughs> I'm not anywhere and like I mean I I think part of it too is like I am not someone that tends to like um the male perspective in books I don't know why I just don't like it I don't like getting into a man's head because it never feels accurate to me um obviously how would I know but you know whatever I don't like it it's not my thing so. So there's already a strike against it because of that, because it is from Baron's perspective. And then to just like rewrite it like that and just, I did not like it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I liked it because I thought it was a really hot sex scene and there are too few and far between. So I was glad to, to get more of that and to actually like start the book off with some action instead of getting the slow burn that we're used to. And that was like the only sex in the book uh, that Baron's and Mac
1: I'm to say there's lore. There's yeah. lots of sex with lore. Sure,
0: lots of sex with lore. Um, but I I do agree with you that it was rewriting the story. And I also think Mac would never do that. Like that Mac where where Mac was where she that part was. Of the yeah. story or where she started, that just would not have happened.
1: No, like she just decided like, all right, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna let this out. Let's just get it on. Like no. That's so not who she was at that point. And she was like, she was really, I mean, she's always mopey, but she was really mopey at that point about Alina. And I just don't see her getting down with Barons. Apparently, it's because she wanted an escape from it. It just still didn't feel authentic or anything that that character would do.
0: Yeah, I will agree with you there. Just I still enjoyed reading it from a completely like voyeuristic <laughs>
1: Well, in this book, it's funny that you say that word because that's all I can think of through this whole book. Because As I mentioned, Mac is invisible and she's just kind of spying on all of our favorite characters and getting like this different perspective on all of them, which was weird as well. I'm like, what, like, what am I reading right now? Like, it's like she's trying to rewrite her whole series and change it up. Like she just decided she didn't like it all of a sudden. Um, And so she wanted to give you like completely different perspectives and make her characters completely different and their motivations different. It was, it was confusing and weird. I
0: I kind of thought that it was a a little, I actually liked when Mac was invisible for a lot of reasons, but I did feel like it was a little bit lazy in a narrative Mm -hmm. way because what you're getting again in this book is Mac is the, the narrator. And so because she is, you're not able to see what's going on with the other characters if Mac's not in the scene. And so having her be invisible was a way to kind of give those other characters a chance to have a story that Mac wasn't a part of because she's like watching it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I'm not saying I, I... liked that part of it I just I don't know maybe I'm just a voyeur
1: (laughs) I mean we all are I think I think that's well all of us that read these books I think that's part of reading these books there's a certain amount of voyeurism that we find titillating Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) that's probably true
1: yeah but I you know It's funny, you're saying that it's a way for us to allow to spend more time with the characters when Max not necessarily like there, she is there she's invisible but you know part of that storyline as much, but I was just thinking about that too like, this is supposed to be more of Danny's story right like this is part of the three books that are Danny's story. Danny's not even in this book, barely. Like, she does come back, and we'll talk about how she comes back. Uh, but even then, like, her moments are so minimal in this book. Like, it's really not about her at all. It's more Mac and Barron's. And I don't know. It feels so strange. It's like, I almost feel like Can Marie Moaning listened to her readers and they were making complaints. And so she just was like, here, here's what you guys want. Here's Mac and Barron's. We'll make Danny older. We'll do everything you want, and I just—I don't know. It was—it just felt inauthentic.
0: Well, it's funny that you bring that up. That's actually something that that the reviewer says is that she, Karen Marie Monet actually had a different book planned, but that she went oh. in and she reworked this book based on the complaints that people had about Iced. And I don't know if that's yeah, accurate I don't know if because I didn't. That. Yeah, I—I d- I, I don't even know if that's true because I didn't like research the fact whether or not that was factual Mm -hmm. um but it certainly sounds right because this book was I actually liked it I still did like it but it definitely felt more disjointed
1: yeah no and I still enjoyed it too because it's a universe that I like and you know it's spending time with characters that I'm invested in um and I wouldn't say it's a bad book it just feels very different like it doesn't feel like the Karen Marie Moaning that we know sure but it's still good (laughs) yeah
0: and i it's i did have a note about that too i said you know this is supposed to be the second book in a danny trilogy and it feels like a little bit of a cheat to say that and then to have her gone for a huge chunk of that Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't and i had to go back and look because i'm like well did she take a, a break from that trilogy and technically like this isn't a part of that that's but what I no thinking. it is this um, is a part of
1: it and like she did all of this work to really bring like danny's character to life and iced and we got to see this like really the side of danny that we hadn't necessarily seen as in depth and then it just takes her away and we go back to mac moping around i don't understand that I'm like why
0: yeah. Well, and I think that that's a real missed opportunity. So, so, you know, okay, at the beginning of the book, we get that weird flashback to the Claren house. And then, and then we get a little chapter of the Unseelie King with the concubine and much like in Iced, how we kept going back to Cat and the Abbey. In this book, we keep going back to the Unseelie King and the concubine and kind of there, that's sort of the slow burn part of this this that takes you out of the action that's going on in, with the rest mm-hmm. of the characters and they're you know the unseely king is trying to navigate the con that the concubine is yeah. the sealy queen and doesn't yeah. have any memory of their time together and i kind of it-
1: love that like the concubine's like ew i don't like you you're the unsealy <laughs> king you're gross get away from me and he's like oh i just want to kiss baby <laughs> she's just no i don't want to kiss you
0: yeah. <laughs> i'll only kiss you if you figure out how to save this
1: yeah. universe. You save that... my world and then i'll give you a little kiss and then he's like no i want more than that which i don't blame him come on he's saving the world
0: <laughs> yeah that's certainly worth more than a kiss
1: right but then he's uh, also like i can't really save the world
0: <laughs> right which i don't know that i buy that
1: i don't buy anything he says yeah
0: he's a
1: he's a Trickster. slippery
0: yeah a slippery character Um, But anyway, so we get that little chapter and then we go back to kind of where Ice left off with, you know, Max got the spear pointed at Danny's back,
1: which another big, weird issue was completely rewritten differently than it was because the end of Iced, we get that same scene and the beginning of Burned. It's different. I'm You can't. I mean, I guess you can. You're the author. You can do what you want. But am I willing to forgive it? Yeah. But did it bug me? Absolutely. I'm like, come on. I need some continuity here.
0: I suppose so. I guess the way I excused it was that I felt like from Iced, the scene was happening through Danny's perspective. And in mm. Burned, I felt like the scene was happening through Mac's perspective. And I can't, I can't remember the TV show that did this, but they had a TV show. Oh, it was The Affair. It was oh, The Affair. Did I you ever watch that? that?
1: I, I started mean, it. I liked it, but I just never...
0: I don't know if they did this from the get go. I think they did where they had like the same scene, but the half of the episode was from one character's perspective. Mm-hmm. And then the second half was from the other and the scene was like totally different in dialogue and even what like the characters were wearing. And I thought that was like a really interesting way to do a TV show for better or for worse. I mean, there were a lot of parts of that show that weren't good. Um, but I was sort of looking at at the difference in that scene from that perspective um when I was reading this but yeah I don't know if that's just the spin I was putting on it
1: (laughs) I love that you have to do that sometimes with like your favorite books because you're loyal to them so you have to kind of make up these stories to make it acceptable so that you can continue to love them Uh, because I definitely do that. (laughs) yeah for sure um
0: But anyways, so basically what happens at the end of that scene is Danny uses that portal to the Hall of Days to try to escape Mac because she thinks that Mac's going to kill her. And, you know, Mac's not sure whether or not she was. She talks about that later in the book where she uses the spear to cut the straps off Danny's backpack, but isn't sure that that's all she was trying to do. Right. Right.
1: like she has this part of her that does want vengeance and that might just flip and take over.
0: Yeah, and I mean that's another big part of part of this book too. Um but anyways, Danny's like going to go to the white mansion because she remembers how to get there cuz she was just there with with Christian in the last book, but you know, right when she goes to leap through the mirror that's supposed to go to the white mansion, yells, no, we switched it's the mirrors. Switched. And so now we don't know where Danny is. She is lost somewhere in in fairy, and I think that's a big missed opportunity because I would have liked to have gone on that journey with Danny at least a little bit. Right? It's her
1: book. Go on the journey with Danny. Why are we back with Mac moping around? Yeah, which is like largely pretty boring. So boring.
0: <laughs> you know, like uh, I don't know. I, it took like iced. It took me quite some time to get sucked into the story of this book because, like you said, we're just back with Mac and she's moping around. and most of this is about her trying to come to terms with the fact that the she sedu is inside of her. And kind of like Cruz is is talking to and wooing all of the she seers in the Abbey. the book is talking to and trying to woo Mac into tapping into its powers. Um, so that it's able right. to take over.
1: And she's on this quest for the unsealy king because in her mind he's gonna fix everything for her. Like he can, you know, get the book out of her, make everything right, she can go on being Mac, live a long, happy life. Um, but as she does, she comes across him finally and he says something like, You can't eviscerate your essential self, which I'm like, Ooh, dang. <laughs> so it's kind of like this question like is them is the book this separate entity in mac or is this really is mac this this voice that she hears this evilness is it it might just be her yeah and mean.
0: she doesn't and she does have control over that she just doesn't know how to exercise it exactly yeah i i agree um Oh, oh, I was going to go back and say we talked about this in the last book. So now now we know what Mac and Barron's have been up to and why they were absent for the majority of the or all of what was going on in Iced with the Frost King is that they've been in the the King's library and the White Mansion combing through all of the books trying to figure out a solution to get the book out of Mac
1: doing research yeah <laughs> so exciting
0: <laughs> and so they didn't even know what was going on uh with the big battle with the horror frost king because they were in fairy, so they were unreachable
1: um to help out so i, I guess i hope they were having some sex in there and not just reading books
0: well they like, were i mean she talks about it because she like, talks about how like oh she really needs needs to have sex with parents because it's been a while and and it sounds like they did have some, but I, yeah, I was like, yeah, you do. Cause I want to read about it.
1: <laughs> right. Um, well, and that's part of like, I feel like maybe that scene was put in the beginning so that like the readers could get their sexy time with Mac and Barron's and then we could go on with the story and then, Hey, let's throw in some sex with lore because you know, the readers like sex. There's just not enough sex in this book. So sprinkle some sex here and there none of it has any meaning, but here we go.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, I guess, well played because I enjoyed reading that first scene <laughs> even though I understand the ways in which it's problematic to the full story arc um and and I like lore I like lore fine I'm, but, no, I and lore. It, it wasn't really adding anything to the plot like it didn't really need yeah. to be there
1: he said some ridiculous stuff about how he likes blondes because they're like too concerned with their look so they don't get too deep or challenge you too much and i'm like what the hell is this shit like karen marie moaning is blonde i'm like is this really what like is this her inner voice coming out or this is just the character that she's created and she's decided that that's how he's gonna see the world that's
0: interesting that you say that because i do think that that is a I don't know how to phrase it. Like, there are some men that think that way. I actually dated a guy in my early 20s that was like, made a big point of saying how he was always hesitant to date a brunette because they're more serious. Or- That's the dumbest <laughs> thing I've it. ever heard. Yeah, like- he didn't last very long because I was like, I don't know if you're trying to fluff me up, like, <sighs> oh, I'm a brunette, so I'm, you know, serious business. Like right. you really have to, you can't fuck around with a brunette. You got to take those relationships okay. serious.
1: well <laughs> <So laughs> this is so dumb and superficial, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about it. So remember when I got real fun with my hair and I was dying it all different colors and it was blonde for a while, like before I got the crazy colors in and we worked at a certain coffee shop. The old men in that damn coffee shop got so creepy the minute I became blonde. Like they started saying things to me that they have never said. And like I had worked there for like a handful of years. Um and never had they like crossed that line or said like things of sexual natures or just kind of, you know, commented on my body. Um the minute I got blonde, suddenly they had lots to say. It was so strange. I yeah. hated it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is completely and utterly ridiculous. But on the other side of that, I, I do think that that men out there feel that way, for whatever reason, probably because of, you know, the way that blondes have been portrayed, like Marilyn Monroe, and Jane Mansfield as as ditzy. And, you know, blondes have more fun. It's ridiculous. I mean, what a obscene generalization to make (laughs) about women but I do think that there are people that buy into that both men and women so yeah it utterly ridiculous and definitely makes Laura less likable character in my opinion
1: yeah yeah and then I can then he has like a come to Jesus moment because he decides he's gonna fuck a brunette like come on so dumb (laughs) anyways i'm jumping ahead as usual well that's fine i mean
0: it's not like we have to go in order i just want to make sure (laughs) i was talking to jessica before the episode about how we totally left out the part in iced where uh inspector jane steals danny's sword away from her um and riot and won't help her get it back and then christian ends up being the one to to get the sword and, and present it to danny and that was a pretty important part of that book. And we didn't even talk about Whatever. it.
1: <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that important. Otherwise we would have felt the need to talk about it. So. I
0: suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, at the end of the day, she got the sword back. So
1: yeah. Also, speaking of things we didn't talk about, did we talk about how she kept losing her superpowers randomly? No, I don't think we did. <laughs> I mean, you did mention it because that's how she almost died
0: is she stopped being able to freeze frame, freeze frame. in the, um yeah. in the, one of the iced scenes. Um, But yeah,
1: I don't don't even know know
0: what's going on with that. I feel like that was never really explained. I don't think it was was
1: either. Yeah. I'm like, am I just forgetting? Was it explained later on? But I don't, I don't remember any explanation of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a big, big deal in this book because that's sort of what forces her into the Hall of Days is that she can't freeze frame away from Mac in that moment because her powers have, have left her um so she has to s- s- slow joe <laughs> Is that what she calls Bojo. it a slow yep. joe yep. run into into the hall of days um so yeah so you know that happens and then we lose danny and danny's gone for a large chunk of the novel um oh and then another thing and and we talk about the z- the zoos a little bit in the last book From Danny's perspective, she sees these wraith-like creatures following Mac around. And so, oh, that's why. I'm sorry. It's not how to get the book out of her that Mac and Barons are researching. It's how to get the zoos away. And probably the book, too. Oh, yeah. yeah, Because she thinks that's, you know, the book has something to do with why these things are now following her around like watchdogs. Mm -hmm. So she can't go anywhere in Dublin without these wraiths closing in around her and leaving gross sticky stinky stuff on her the only place she's safe is inside the bookstore because Barrons has warded the store and she's like can't you you know ward ward around me wherever I go and he's like oh now I'm just your personal
1: <laughs> warder <laughs> personal
0: warder like you have no idea what it takes to like get these spells in place um so you know that's What's going on with that? We don't know. But when Mac does turn invisible later, she gets a break from them too. And so she's enjoying that
1: um, quite a bit. Yeah. She enjoys being invisible. Kind of getting a break from everyone. Yeah. Um,
0: So then the next thing that kind of happens in this book is that they have the summit meeting. So they've got all of the... Players on the board, as it were, come together. But I don't. Why were they? For what purpose? Just trying to figure out how to navigate this new world.
1: Yeah, and kind of get some type of infrastructure. I think, and like you know, rules, control, laws. goods, and yeah, and like they. I mean, I think Ryden says something about it. Like everybody has something to do with like the flow of like food, or you know, there's. I don't know.
0: <laughs> there was never a good explanation for that, and yeah. how? I mean, you know, I guess it becomes clear later why the unseelie princes are at the meeting, and Max obviously got a huge problem with that because it's inviting her rapists into her home, and she really de- right. isn't cool with that, and doesn't want them to be there, and and Barons and is upset because she feels like Barons doesn't care that. Darrow's still alive and there's a part of her that even though she wants the vengeance for herself is upset that like her man isn't, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> taking it into his honor. own Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um but he keeps saying, Oh, they're the linchpins, they're the linchpins, and I don't feel like he ever explains why or what that means. Like he can't oh. kill them yet. I
1: mean, he kinda does. Like they're they're essential in one of his goals. Yeah. For now. Yeah. But yeah, so, and then there's a lot like Matt goes on, like linchpin theory is so fascinating. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> just, there's a lot of that where I'm just like, what am I reading? Is this somebody's like journal? Maybe it is. Um, You know, like we all do that. I do that in my head, but I don't put it in a book and expect other people to be entertained by it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I personally couldn't care less about what a linchpin is myself, but right. I mean, Uh, I understand what it means. Do we? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, not in this specific context, because I didn't understand how the unseelie were a linchpin, but I understand what that means when you're talking about, you know, they're a necessary component to an entire plan that you have in place. And if you remove that element, then the plan won't work.
1: Right. Um, I think they're somehow necessary with um, saving Christian and the unseely princess which is a new new one for us we have an unseely princess now
0: yeah and how do we meet her
1: she takes advantage of lore lore <laughs> thinks that she's voiced him but she kind of has in a way basically like he admits that she's his master because that's the only way she'll get him off so he's like fine fine whatever you're my master and then that puts him in some type of like unseen contract Girl. with her and she's got control over him which is not cool because, you know, for eons and eons, nobody's been able to control the nine. So this is kind of a new development. It kind of puts them all like gets their heckles up.
0: Yeah. And then Riot and goes to get Mac immediately because yeah. she's Fix the only this. one that can sense, you know, the unsealy or yeah the unseelie princess has glamored herself of course to look like a big bosomed blonde um, and they weren't more able point. to see through that glamour and so now all of a sudden like oh shit there's this this entity here that is able to control us and we can't tell who it is if she puts on a different glamour so Max has got to get in there and use her she seer powers to be able to figure out
1: where more. she is
0: or if she's there yeah if there's more
1: um, yeah, and then there is a moment where Ryden like, senses a similar energy between, like, the Unseelie Princess and Mac or something like that. I think I it know. was
0: Jada that he was sensing.
1: Jada? Yeah, She's
0: not because, even around yet, is she? Yeah, she was. She was watching in the
1: club. Oh. And then oh, was like, right I'm on. not
0: ready to deal with this right now, so I'm just going to peace out and go about my business. Uh, yeah. But we'll get there. Another I thought, thing I wanted, wanted to... Or were you going to say something?
1: No. Yes, oh. no.
0: We'll, <laughs> well, another thing I just wanted to to bring up that was important to this story was um, that we do get the scene of Mac losing control. She is feeling frustrated, and so she goes hunting for the gray woman and is like, I don't give a shit about the, the treaty that I made with you to restore Danny's life. I'm going to fucking kill you. He's like, I lied. Yeah, <laughs> and so the gray woman gets, you know killed by Mac but in the process that allows the book to kind of take over and she blacks out and then when she comes to she realizes that she has also killed one of the Garda and so now she's she's trying to contend with the fact that she's taken a human life um and that she can't kill because if she kills then the book is able to take control of her.
1: Um, Yeah which I I didn't quite follow that logic it's like it's like if she kills that's somehow gonna like ignite the bloodlust and the book will have the ability to take over like i mean couldn't since what kind of do it any time? like yeah yeah well,
0: also it's like the book's been in you this whole time the whole
1: time so and, like,
0: why were you able to
1: kill before with yeah, without, it d- yeah didn't
0: really make sense to me
1: there's a lot that just doesn't really quite make sense but it's still interesting so we keep reading and we're still entertained
0: yeah and then, you know, obviously we've also, you mentioned that the, the unseelie or the not, yeah, the unseelie princes were part of the plan to save Christian. So then the other thing about this book is that, you know, Christian had sacrificed himself at the end of iced and the crimson hag had carried him off. And now he is stuck on a cliff somewhere getting repeatedly flayed right. by the hag and so we also get some chapters from his point of view. Um,
1: yeah, which I did like because that kind of brought in the Kelters more and it kind of like took away the creep factor of Christian a little bit. Like he found his inner Kelter and started to become like the, the man that we knew instead of just the creepy, like an unseely prince that was lusting for a 14 year old girl. I agree. That I was totally a nice change. Agree. We talked it about was. Heather and Rolling Hills mm-hmm. and Prattish Men. It was great.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, and again, like if the reviewer that I had read is correct that she reworked the book, I'm sure that that is something that she reworked because that was a big complaint. Um, and Iced was the direction that Christian's character had taken.
1: Yeah, um, yeah it, the, I remembered that I didn't... Um, up one of the quotes that Christian had in Iced that I found so creepy. It was something like, I, he was talking to Danny and he's like, I see you from the inside. I'm like, you. <laughs> and like, please don't. I, I could see a different context where maybe that wouldn't come off creepy, but because of the dynamic of this like 14 year old girl and this like older, like sex crazed, you know, fairy thing, <laughs> like it was just really creepy. Yeah.
0: So definitely, like, we don't get any christian being creepy in this no
1: film. christian's a, a Kel- kelter like he's it's he nice. won't fail yes or
0: fall or falter
1: falter <laughs> <laughs> something like, like that falter. there yeah. is a quote i had of like yeah something like that
0: Emma am um yeah so so we've kind of hit all of the points we need to hit before we get it back to the the danny o'malley trilogy we meet a new character we learn that there is a a new crop of she seers that have taken over the abbey.
1: Yeah, and they're like ninja. She-seers.
0: Yeah, they're like military trained, stealthy. Right. Oh, and they're able to do this because Cat has gone MIA. So that's a that's another part of this book where Cat has gone to riot, and and this is more of where we get the poop talk. That
1: more poop talk. Exactly. <laughs> Jessica was, She was. I was. Yes. Okay. Here. Yeah. Was it okay? Drop your blinders and raise the sewer to eye level. Admit you're swimming in shit. If you don't acknowledge the turd hurtling <laughs> down the drain towards you, you can't dodge it. Uh, <laughs> my, no- my notes like, did we really need to hear this again? Like, <laughs> I'm so tired of hearing about the turd coming down the toilet that you need to dodge or unplug or, yeah. Right. Talk.
0: Yeah. But then anyway, Kat has come to acknowledge the turd.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's like, hey, I'm here. I wanna acknowledge the turd. Let's and Riotin's
0: like, I thought you'd never ask.
1: Right. And but so she gets yeah.
0: <laughs> so she gets locked into one of the A room, rooms uh, inside Chester's. And she is in there with uh, Castian, who is another one of the nine. I don't know if we've talked about him before, but he is mm-hmm. uh, he has not talked in centuries. Because he was in love with a woman and he broke the rules and she learned about not only what they were, but where they go when they die. And so the rest of the nine killed her. And so he has not uttered a word since.
1: Right. And so I don't know, facing the turd means you need to be locked in the basement with one of the nine that never speaks and he's going to teach you how to lift weights. (laughs)
0: That also is another thing that doesn't really seem to go anywhere.
1: And she's pregnant. Oh, yeah. She's pregnant. Oh, and she's pregnant. And which, and that I'm a little confused. I'm like, is it Sean's or is it Chris's? Chris's. Did he somehow I don't think impregnate her? No.
0: Yeah. We that's the know. question. That's the question. Uh, no it, There's definitely some ambiguity. And, and she doesn't really talk about it being a concern. Like, no. um, like oh, who the baby father growing. might be. But yeah. So you know, all we get is that she, for the first time in her life, she is, is in this room where she's, she can drop her empath guard. Yeah. And she doesn't have to feel anything or or hear anything coming off of anybody else. And so I think that's like the biggest part that is going to enable her to have more strength or get more strength but it could have been any of the nine because she makes a, a big point about saying how you're not here you're not here when she's around rioting and and, and barons so obviously like nothing comes off of any of the nine that, that gets through her empath um yeah.
1: i mean i do love that because like she's finally given the opportunity to just feel her own feelings so imagine if like you're feeling everything around you all the time it could be really hard to dig out what you actually felt because you'd constantly be reacting to other people's emotions. Um, and I think that's a really interesting like story that's been set up. So I hope that they do more with her and how she evolves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've always really liked her character. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so this group of unse- or, sorry, Unsealy, <laughs> this group of she comes in and takes over the Abbey and they're Headed up by a new leader, and her name is Jada.
1: Yeah, how do you say that? Like, I, I'm i like, Jada, Jada, Jada. I say Yada. Jada. Yada.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Good old Yada.
1: Yada. I don't
0: know. I just say Jada, I assume. But yeah, who knows?
1: Okay. But anyways, uh, Jada's yeah. Jada. So,
0: yeah, and she's a very, like, right off the bat, just reminded me of a real Arya Stark. Game of Thrones type character. She's come in, she's all business. She's got mm-hmm. her list of mm-hmm. adversaries that she's planning on hunting down and taking out. Totally like Arya Stark. <laughs> I don't think about it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Every night reciting her her list. And,
0: and we know that some of the nine are on that list, but we don't know who. who. Mm hmm. We just know some of them are, and and a couple of them are safe, but we don't know who. I gotta I think it's Barons is. because she's got the hots for her.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I assumed that Barons was safe. I don't know who the other one was. That maybe, maybe
0: Castio. Well, and there's also some that we still don't know. I know. Yeah, you do get a. Why do they name, have to be nine I of don't them? Remember then.
1: what it was?
0: Uh, yeah, I just don't understand why there need to be nine of them if you're only gonna introduce us to some maybe it's like based on some sort of other myth myth that's known and there are nine but you know i mean please don't bring any more characters into the mix because we already already have too many and not enough time to get to all of their stories because we're too busy moping with mac (laughs) <laughs> and i feel bad saying that because all last book i was like where are mac and Barons? where are they i miss right? them and now I we've know. got mac back and i'm like shut the fuck up uh, right? like, it's almost
1: <laughs> like Karen Marie moaning's like you guys want to pout you didn't get enough mac well here you go i was trying to let her work through some shit but you want to be there for it so here you go you can be with mac while she works through all this nonsense <laughs> yeah yeah
0: whatever i mean i still love mac But I just think that there could have been, I don't, honestly, I do not remember the next book at all, except for a couple like little parts of it. So I almost feel like this book and the next book probably could have been one book and they could have taken out a lot of the just dead air. But I don't know. Maybe,
1: but I mean, a lot happens in this book. It's just not connected it doesn't go where we thought it was gonna go but there's still a lot that goes on and i think the next book i only remember the end yeah i don't remember too much either so it'll be interesting to reread
0: yeah i agree i had i had gotten confused about this book and thought that some of the stuff that actually happens in the next book was gonna be part of the plot of this book so um Yeah, I mean, honestly, with my crap memory, it really is like we're reading these for the first time. (laughs) For the most part, you know, I remember the significant plot points in each book, uh, which is honestly more than I can say for a lot of books I read. We were just talking about one before we started recording. And you were like, did I read this? I don't remember oh, yeah. it. And then Good. you're like, that's the one with the such and such. I'm like, I don't know. What <laughs> I so definitely read it.
1: But... Why do certain things stand out? Because I was thinking about that. Like when I like go through the catalog of books in my brain, it's just like really random moments that stand out to me in certain books. I'm like, yeah, that's that series with that one thing. And like, I don't and, like for that Shadow's Kiss. I'm like, there's a black and white tower. It crumbled. Why is that what I remember? I don't know because I have
0: zero memory of that whatsoever.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was like she goes and she discovers like who her father is and he lives in this, like, the light. There's, like, the light land and the dark land and then there's this combination of the light and the dark together and they have this tower that, like, represents that.
0: Okay, this is sounding, like, vaguely familiar, but... Yeah. See, this is the issue, too, when you're reading books as they're released is that there's so much time that... A a lot of time, it's like a year that goes by. Some of these authors are magical beings that are able to crank these books out, That I don't understand how they do it. Um, I can barely get it together to, to get the podcast done weekly. I can't imagine trying to actually write a novel. So, you know, again, I said this in the first episode, like this podcast isn't meant to be a review of anything, even though there might be things we don't like and things we love, like. Paranormal romance authors, you guys are all rock stars in my yeah. book. Like oh, I yeah. can't even imagine bringing worlds like this to life for better or for worse. It's it's right. a pretty amazing talent to to have.
1: Karen Marie Moning had posted something cuz she recently like kind of went through a lot um with her health and it was like something along the lines of like, you know, I never felt like I was enough or good enough. I'm like, "What?" <laughs> You are, like, my goddess. Like, you've created this amazing world. You've made some of, like, my most favorite characters ever. How could you ever feel that way? Um, and that makes me so sad because I feel like so many of us, it's just part of, like, the human. You never engagement. think. You're always
0: your worst critic. You never yeah. think you're enough. I mean, maybe some people do out there. Like, good on them if they're able to to overcome that negative voice inside of their self but I think that's just part of the human condition for most people is it really is and especially because you know like I said you we're saying oh this didn't make sense or this seemed disjointed so you know of course there's going to be people out there that are that are picking stuff apart but it's still like wow
1: I'm still impressed yeah like
0: you created all of this from your imagination like that's like hats off even the Twilight Lady I, you know, I can, Stephanie Myers, I know her name, but (laughs) I remember I got really mad at one guy who was putting the books down because I'm like, you're just fucking jealous. You know, like, I'm not saying they're the best written thing out there. Obviously they've got huge problems. Um, However, she created a world that millions of people fell in love with. Yep. And that is significant. Like, you're doing something right that's if you're power. able to get people to connect to fictional characters that you've created. Like, that's that's significant. Sorry. Like, whether you yeah. like them or not, you have to kind of acknowledge the, I don't want to say greatness of that, but significance of that or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I totally got <laughs> off track. <Huh? laughs> I'm just trying to say, I love all of the authors that we read. We- too. Uh, even though we might poke fun at some of the stuff, I have the utmost respect for all of them and I wish that I could be one someday. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the main reasons I can't really take a foray into actually becoming a writer is because I love reading too much. And I just think that if you either have to write or read, like, how do you have time to do both? True. So.
1: I just don't think I'm that good of a writer. <laughs>
0: wow. Everybody's got to start somewhere too. I'm sure you yeah. get better as you go along.
1: Um,
0: but anyway,s so so we meet Jada,
1: mm-hmm. and I
0: mean, I don't know if it was a surprise to anybody else, but like obviously it's Danny.
1: Yeah, it was super <laughs> obvious. Like I never had a question. I'm like, oh, this is Danny. So this is how we resolved the 14 year old girl problem. Like we just brought it in a character with a different. Although, name like, why did it
0: work that way? I don't know. I mean, they. Yes, time moves differently in fairy, but up until this point, it's always worked the opposite way. Yeah, I know, I know oh. like, minutes are passing in fairy and days are passing in the real world. And, I mean, we haven't gotten there yet, but I think that it's a logical assumption to make that she's in, much like Mac was whoosh-whooshing through different dimensions with the stones, she was going through different dimensions as well, Um mm-hmm. So I guess all of these dimensions, time moved the opposite way. And so years were passing yeah. for her while days were passing for the human realm. And so now right. we've got Danny, who has aged five and a half years, I think they they say. There so yes, someone, now, yeah. now she is an adult, uh, but she has also delved 100% into that alter ego that we talked about in Iced that she just called she- who is the super analytical, no right. emotion?
1: Like to an annoying sense too. Like it's funny seeing that contrast between Mac, who's like bah, 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 emotions, emotions, feelings, feelings, and then Danny, who's just like she's almost overcomplicated in how like clinical she is. I'm just like, oh my god, just get to the point. Like, <laughs> I don't need you to explain the equation. Cool. You know equations. Good job.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say though, I loved her.
1: You Immediately did.
0: I yeah, I really like the character you know,
1: of Jada. I think you like that, like in people in general, like you like that really like dry and to the point and like no no lollygagging, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like efficiency. You do. <laughs> and she's very efficient and it's gotten her really far. That's why she's been able to like mobilize this whole other group of she seers, and they're even better than the ones that, you know, are at the Abbey. Right. She,
0: everything is kind of narrowed down to an objective, yes, and that's all that matters to Jada is what's my objective and what's the most efficient way to achieve that objective, and she's not concerned about anything else,
1: right? Which ends up being kind of heartbreaking for all the people that knew her is Danny, because Danny. Danny still had that in her, but she also had all of this life and spontaneity and just gut instinct um, that wasn't always logical. Like sometimes you just know something. it's in your gut and you can't logic that out. Um, and so I think yeah, you see kind of riotin and barons and Mac just like, oh no, like Danny, you're in there, come back, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you know riotin is is the one we see hit the hardest about this and and it goes back to that wound quote that we read in iced where and now i don't have it in front of me and i just posted it on the instagram page <laughs> but it's like the wound you don't heal right and so you know you have to okay. basically like in order in riotin's opinion in order to become like a fully fleshed out human you have to heal that wound so that you are using your emotion to better achieve your goal. And the answer isn't to just shut that side of yourself off completely. Right. Because being successful in an, in an objective is more than about logic. Like you, you'll you be more successful if if you're using that emotion in
1: using the right life. way. Everything that life has taught you. Yeah. yeah.
0: And yeah. so, you know, there's a lot of, of back and forth in this book about you know, Jada being better or Danny being better and who is better and, and why that kind of emotional side.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How is that helpful? And Jada can't understand that. And obviously she's superior and Danny's not needed. And Danny would have died in fairy if she hadn't come out and
1: save the day, save the day and all her through it.
0: Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's that, I-, I thought really lovely scene skipping to the end between Mac and Jada, uh, where she's saying, you know, would Danny have been able to sense the crimson the way the crimson hag was moving around? Like I wasn't able to do that. Would Danny have been able to, or would does that make Danny better? And Mac has to say, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I don't I don't want to put you down any further, but yeah, Danny would have been able to to handle that situation better. Kind of Jada taking a moment to huh
1: file cool. that away <laughs> like even that was like a logical like okay i have this information she says that Danny would have been ha- able to handle it better like how do i put that into my objective now like it's still very like removed and like you know hmm, pragmatic
0: <laughs> yeah so we didn't talk about when mac becomes invisible but that's after jada makes an appearance
1: yeah basically they're all in the abbey all the shit's hitting the fan um the the new she steers kind of want to take mac out because they can sense the book in her so now she knows like she does have some kind of unsealiness in her um well and she's pissed too because she thought she was super special and she was the only one that could
0: sense the objects of power she's not she's basic (laughs) no she's like oh oh
1: wait she's also pissed because the memories of the claren house are coming back to her and she realizes that barons took that away from her and she's remembering that yes they did have sex like back in the very beginning um and she's pissed that he took that memory away and he's just like well do you think you could have handled it and She knows she couldn't have.
0: Once she comes around to that, too. She doesn't stay mad at him for very long. No,
1: but she does go invisible.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so she goes invisible because the she-seers are trying to use the stones the same way that Mac did to trap the book. And they are using it to now try to trap Mac in the Abbey. And she's like, "Hello, no. Uh, Yeah, and so actually she had made peace with it
1: she was gonna let it take her yeah and then sh- so she thinks that the sh- the book basically was like oh hell no abracadabra you're gone no one can see you run. but she
0: still then made the decision to run yeah. <laughs> so she changed her mind about well, that was real
1: quick connected. she has a lot going on <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah I mean I would have run yeah like uh, I can't remember who else said it like you take it an emergency at a time Yep. Get, a, get out of the situation and then figure out how to solve it later. I mean, I guess that's Danny 101, right? hmm Prioritize your, your survival first. Which is, I'm sure, why she gave herself over to, to Jada and Faye. Like, I came back from it before. I can come back from it again. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Mac turns invisible and she runs off and then she's just having a, a grand old time being invisible, invisible. and and able to to travel around as she will and she's escaped the zoos and uh she's spying on everybody which i did find really funny
1: it was funny <laughs> she spies on like barons and um Raiden a lot mm-hmm. she spies on lore a lot she sees Raiden naked yeah
0: oh yeah i mean i guess we should go back to lore so he's he's gotten he's been controlled by this unseely princess and he decides, because Mac kind of goes in to try to save him from that situation, and then he decides he's going to try to pretend that she made him Priya. Yeah. And strikes a deal with with Mac. Mac to be like, just give me a week vacation from all this bullshit. Like, I just want to be in a room with a bunch of blondes, fucking my brains out for one week. And then I'll, then I'll have come back to myself, but like, cover my ass and... <laughs> And so Mac does because she wants a favor. She wants yeah. one of the nine to owe her. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, then Laura's fucking his brains out. And then we get a little sidetracked with the whole in iced Joe and Riot and have this relationship. And yeah. Joe has made the decision that she's
1: going to extract herself from the situation. She and- did not nod back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she he came down his stairs and he did his little nightly nod, and he's been doing it to her consistently. And she did not nod back; she looked away. And Mac is is viewing this in her invisible yeah, and then Mac state. to pimp her out. I'm like, what? Mac's just like, oh hey, you know, what you need you need to go get on Lore. He's Priya right now. Just kidding, he's not, but I'm not gonna tell you that. But yeah, go get on Lore and just work this out and get rioting out of your system. I found that so weird. It was weird. But I mean, you know, she's
0: right. The best way to get over someone is to get under someone else. It's.
1: Yeah, but don't lie <laughs> and tell her that he's Priya. Pretty- the best way to get
0: over to someone is to go to therapy and be emotionally mature and deal with your
1: feelings. Feel your wounds, remember?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, <sighs> so now, you know, Joe lore fucking for days and she's like oh you're not gonna remember any of this this is so great what a oh, great idea this was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Fuck then Riotin out of me i don't want to think about him anymore all right <laughs> and then uh they get interrupted by riot and and barons i think is there yeah. too and and mac who is invisible and invisible invisible and nobody knows she's there but now uh, Joe realizes that it's all been a, a facade and he has been with it the whole time. And Max really mad because she's there witnessing it being like, God, everyone's like selling me down the river super fast on this. Um, and uh, so now we get this weird kind of situation evolving between Joe and Laura where apparently now they like each other.
1: Yeah, Lore got a taste of brunette, and he does not want to look back. And he also wants to make sure that he somehow surpasses Ryden in Joe's mind because Joe's like, "No, Ryden's better. I'll never forget Ryden." And he's like, "Oh no, I got all the right parts. We're gonna we're gonna erase him." Um, and then Ryden gets pissed and kills Lore. But I don't think it's really because he fucked Joe. It's just because Bryden's like, you don't touch mine. What's mine? And she was mine. Well,
0: and they make a big deal about how that's like a territorial thing with a nine, even if they don't care about women or things or whatever. It's just the fact that...
1: I pissed on that. You can't.
0: (laughs) Well, and I think too, like, he also lied to Raiden about being Priya. And so was it more about Joe or is it more about the fact that riot and could have been using him for for stuff to to move his plan forward, but he kind of took himself out of the out. Oh. Yeah, well, and he even says like, which is it's a little peek into the nines history and kind of interesting that you know you used to call me king.
1: Like, what's yeah. going on there? That was another interesting moment. I'm just like, what? I don't understand the dynamics in that group sometimes because well, we've talked about this before, where it's kind of implied that Barons is the leader, but then. This well, now I'm wondering. King.
0: Yeah, well, and we also learn in this book Brother. that Riot and Riot and Barons are brothers. And so now yeah. I'm like, oh, so maybe when they were human before they were cursed with, you know, whatever happened to to turn them into the beasts, that maybe is Riot and older. Maybe he was the king and Barons little prince. And then, you know, all the other guys oh, little prince, <laughs> and then all the other guys were like in the court or something or part of their army.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I didn't think about it that much.
0: Well, now I'm like dying to know. Like, come on, last book.
1: You're yeah, not you going to give me any
0: it. of these answers. I know it, but I've got so like so many hopes and I'm just preparing to be
1: disappointed. What is the one thing that you're really hoping that the last book is going to give you? Like if there was just one well, thing,
0: I'll tell you exactly what it is, and I already know that it's not.
1: Oh, I know what it is too. You're gonna say say. Well, it. I
0: can't say it say because
1: it. vampire.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just want to a place. <laughs> no, I know exactly. I I think anyone listening would get that reference. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, actually, I can't talk. No, I can't talk about it yet. I can't say oh, it Cause we because we know about, about Degas. But. I'll just say that because we know about Dagus at the end of this book. So I will say my hope for the last book is that his story is explored more. Explored more. But I already know that it's not.
1: (laughs) Somebody (laughs) told you.
0: Yeah. Uh, Because I had to know. I don't like, I don't like spoilers, but I just, I, I, one of my good friends already read the book. And so I just asked her, like, is that, do we get any sort of answers when it comes to that storyline and she says no
1: so what's yours I don't actually know I hate it when I ask a question I don't have an answer for (laughs) well I mean that doesn't mean you can't be curious about uh, other people's
0: you probably just have a lot
1: well honestly I think it's been too long since I've read this part of the series that I don't remember everything that's happened yeah. What uh, I no, I I
0: agree. I don't either. I remember only like really the prominent plot points. Yeah. But yeah, I, I will say like
1: go ahead. go ahead. I want more for cat. I want to find out more about cat. Yeah.
0: Oh I'd like to find out more about cat. I'd like to find out more about Christian. And I'd like to find out more about Vegas. Oh, I know one other thing I was gonna talk about. Papa Roach.
1: Papa Roach. Another
0: discovery we get in in Max eavesdropping is that now we kind of have an answer to how Riordan is so in the know about all the things that are going on with every person around here. And he has somehow made a deal with Papa Roach to be a spy for him, essentially, because he can break off in little roachy pieces that can be concealed and, and get the scoop on what's going on all over the place. And he's
1: not Unseelie. He's not, which I, that was really interesting. So him, and then there's also that, like, sweeper character. We we get this, like, idea that there's other, I mean, we always knew there were other worlds. So mm-hmm. there's things that aren't fae. That are also, and the hunters.
0: We already knew the that they was, weren't. That they predated the Unseelie.
1: Yeah. So um, now we have the hunters, the sweeper thing, and then Papa Roach. Yeah. But I don't know if that's actually what he's called. I think.
0: No, that's just what Danny named him. Danny called
1: him. Yeah. yeah,
0: so so, and controls him. We don't know but, how, because right. he tries to say, oh, like our contract is coming up and now I'm going to ask you for more because I've got other people who are demanding my services. And Rioten's like, no, you fucking aren't. Like, we're going to renew the contract for the same terms because he's got this little knife that it obviously dagger. can <laughs> kill Papa Roach. So he's like, you know, you want to stay alive. I'm paying you what I'm paying you whatever that is I don't know but Papa yeah. Roach wants to be hosted he wants every human to host
1: oh, yeah that's the weird thing too like that's like a new trend like women want to let like one of the roaches under their skin and then it eats their fat away like a tapeworm. So it makes them like hot and then they so think that somehow they might become immortal or it's all about that's always kind of the like motivation behind any of the humans interacting with the fey that they will all potentially become immortal by doing this which
0: i guess you know that's a trope that's a trope, like it's yeah. the same as as the like vampire groupies that you always have like serving the the vampire elite and hopes that they will turn them into vampires at some point in time it's the fucking like Renfield characters (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so so I thought that was an interesting development that that was a satisfying explanation to me of how Ryan was keeping such tabs on everybody Mm -hmm. um but then then we get finally, to kind of the the crux of the plot of this book, which is rescuing Christian Christian. and how to stop the crimson hag. And so we then learn how the princes are the linchpins. How does he get them to let their guard down now? I already forget. Somehow he like lulls the two unseelie princes and the Raj Rajan or whatever the hell his name is who's the guy yeah decided that he's the king of the Sealy
1: now um he gets them distracted and focusing on something else
0: but it seems like weird because couldn't he have just gone in and killed them at any time anyway like why no do they because have
1: to- they're linchpins well
0: yeah but why uh.
1: because they're linchpins <laughs> that's the only answer linchpin
0: <laughs> all right all right all right <laughs> If we titled our episodes, this one would be titled "Lynchpins."
1: Lynchpins. <laughs> but I'm Why question? Ex- yeah. Lynchpins.
0: <laughs> so anyway, Barons and Riot and kill both the Unseely princes and Rajan, uh yeah. in service to the Unseely princess. That's a deal that they have struck with her,
1: so and that she'll she them to Christian.
0: Yeah, so that she'll give them find out where he is, the location of where he is, and also sift them there so that they can rescue him. But of course they get double-crossed by her. And she just gives them the location and she's like, peace out, suckers. Like, you're going to have to figure out how to get yourself there, right? Sift and shit. Um, yeah. And so then you get this kind of like unlikely caravan of of people who are all trying to work together but at odds with one another an invisible mac <laughs> traveling to where christian is to kind of try to hatch a plan to to rescue him yeah the cliff
1: mac barons jada ryden and the, the two McElters. mcelter brothers yeah dagus and Drewston, Drusten. Which, why them? Like, wouldn't you think that, like, Christian's dad would be the one? That well, he was to go? supposed
0: to go, but they make a point about saying how they left without him. And I can only assume that it's because Christian's dad is, like, the laird of their territory in Scotland. And so maybe yeah. they just realized how dangerous the situation was and they didn't want to put him at risk. Or they knew that, like, They knew that it was going to be a great possibility that they weren't going to all make it out of this alive. And so they maybe thought that Christian wouldn't be able to handle it if his father died in an attempt to rescue him. I
1: forgot, too. Degas has, like, clairvoyant tendencies. So there's a part of him that might know what's coming because, like, he's... Christian kind of reflects on that a little bit. How Dagus is like, hey, this is going to happen. I don't know when. I don't know how. Sorry, bro. Yeah, and Um, I don't know exactly
0: what it is even. But all I know is to tell you that, like, to keep aware of your chance so that you don't miss it when it comes. Exactly.
1: So it's possible that he also had some foresight into, like, you know, Christian's father, Christopher. Is that his name? Yeah, Christian. He can't be there. Yeah,
0: that could be. Like, maybe he would have died If he would have come.
1: Dagus is such an interesting character. We need more of him. More. Maybe she has another book
0: planned for him.
1: Oh, no, she doesn't. But she is right. I keep forgetting to mention this. She made an announcement. She's writing like a Southern Gothic ghosty thing. I'm very
0: excited about that. Because I love ghosts and I love Southern Gothic stuff.
1: Yeah, right?
0: So, yeah. And honestly, you know, we love Fever, clearly but i'm i'm very ready to like meet new. a new world that she's so. crafted like i couldn't be more happy yeah. and there's you know sometimes it's just time for characters to go away yeah to to have their story finished and in your imagination like know that they're going on in their world and get to as the reader decide you know what ends up happening to everybody and in, in whatever way that's satisfying for you. So yeah, so I mean, you know, they have they're there to rescue Christian and they all work together and they decide Mac's going to rappel down the side of this cliff because she's invisible and and everything she touches becomes invisible as long as she's it's holding on to it except for humans. Like humans won't become un- invisible, but yeah, small items, so like the rope and and stuff like that. But but not, I guess, at the top. I don't know. Not I'm not exactly not. sure has what to be, like, happens. very close to it. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I mean, only the part that she's, like, yeah, yeah. touching. Um, but anyway, so she helps Christian. She gives him her spear. And the idea is that they're going to wait until the crimson hag swoops in to flay him again. And then it's going to be like, ha-ha, I got the spear. spear. <laughs> going to stab the hag and... Once she's out of the way, then they can pull them up and everybody can go home. But of course, it doesn't happen that way because that wouldn't be satisfied. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's too neat. Um, So, you know, the hag surprises them and she goes, sees the people at the top and she's going after them. And Mac can't see because she's down at the cliff, but she hears Barons out of the game. She hears his agonizing cry, and she knows that the hags got him again. It's the second time poor Barons has gotten flayed
1: by Yeah, Barons is dying again. It just happens.
0: Poor Barons. I wonder how many times he's died. Like hundreds? A lot. A lot lately. I feel yeah. like it's
1: increased since he- I told you, the minute <laughs> we realized that he could come back, they're just like, kill him. Kill him. Kill him again. Well, hey. I look, he could have died other times and we just yeah. don't know because well, he's just and, not been yeah. around. Max says that. Like sometimes he's like she's like, I don't know where Barons is. He's been gone for a little while. Yeah, could have yeah. died. One can assume that he died. Yeah. But anyways, somebody does else get it. Yeah,
0: it's Dagus.
1: Dagus. He's trying to he tries to save somebody, right? And then like not just Christian.
0: Yeah, he does. I don't remember who. <laughs> <So bad.
1: laughs> yeah, What's that? And blah, blah, blah. And Dagus gets it and goes down over the cliff. So, like, Dagus is going to be dead, dead.
0: Yeah, he fell, like, 12,000 feet or something like that. Yeah,
1: but they do save Christian.
0: Yeah, they do kill the hag. Yeah. And this is when, so, Riot and and Jada share a look. And between that look, they've got the plan. And riotin t- takes the whip that i guess jada still has it's that boom. yeah because that was fucking her all up at the end of iced and and he's able to kind of sense the way that the hag is moving around and jada can't quite do that she can't anticipate the direction that it's going so she's no good with the whip so she has to give it to riotin but they still end up working together and and they do kill the kill yeah. the hag and then everybody's safe except poor Dagus and, and Barons are dead. You know, as far Barons as the
1: safe. he just got a little bit of a <laughs> Well yeah, drink, but the Highlanders
0: know. don't know that. They're <laughs> yeah. like both of them died.
1: They don't, which is why Raiden's like, Hey, you guys get out of here. Get Christian out of here. And like Justin's like, No, I gotta take like, you know, Dagus's body back to the Highlands. And then Raiden's like, No, no, I gotta get out because they can't know that, you know, Barons is gonna disappear shortly. Yeah. So Dagus is left in the hands, or Dagus's body is left in the hands of Riadin. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and as far as we know, they take him back to the Highlands, and Christian goes like, "Who did they?" Oh, I think they explain it later whose body it was.
1: Yeah, that's the next book, I think. Yeah.
0: um And so Max still invisible. And she has that lovely moment with Jada that I already talked about uh, where she's like, huh, you know, maybe maybe there is something to this emotional um, side of myself that I should give some
1: thought to. And Jada's slipping a little. Jada's been showing like moments where she's protecting Mac. There's been moments where you can see that Jada still somewhere down deep cares about the people that she's always cared about.
0: I mean, I think we uh, could all see that coming.
1: Yeah. Also, we didn't talk about um the fact that the relationship between Riot and and Jada, which we kind of expected was gonna happen, does start to progress a little bit. A A little little bit, that's right. They do share a kiss. Again, it's so like meh. Like it should have been hot, right? Like we should have we were waiting for this.
0: I was a little
1: hot. No, it wasn't. Here, let me tell okay. you. I'll give you a choice: kill me. By definition, choice mandates a minimum of two possible avenues of action. I wasn't done, or kiss me. But do one or the other before I do one or the other to you. it should no. have been hot. It wasn't hot at all. I was just like ew, whatever. Maybe just But kill then each the other. kiss itself was kind of like... The kiss was met. Like, it wasn't like an actual kiss. There wasn't anything behind it. It was just like, oh, your lips are touching my lips. Okay. And then, uh,
0: some body pressing against each other. And...
1: Yeah, no, I wanted more. A lot more.
0: Well, you'll get it. Just hold on.
1: <laughs> but will I like it? Relax. No. <laughs>
0: um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you'll like it.
1: Yeah, but yeah, this whole book, I mean, I don't... I liked it because it was about characters that I like, but it just felt really like rambling. It was like you kind of said, "Oh wait, oh yeah, what's the main point? The main point is to save Christian, but that wasn't evident through the whole book, and it wasn't strong. It was just kind of Mac wandering around and Jada being Jada, and
0: you know, it felt like it. It felt like it was." all setting up what's to come.
1: It feels like a filler book. Yeah. Which that happens. Like sometimes you need that.
0: Yeah. It was a book designed for foreshadowing purposes only.
1: Right. But the weird thing is my memory is that the next book was a filler book. So we'll see. Yeah, we will.
0: Oh, one thing I, you know, that's important to point out at the end before Jada leaves Mac is that she takes, she keeps the spear. The spear. Because Mac had given her the spear to kill the hag with. And she she decides she's going to keep it because Mac can't use it right now because she can't kill her. the book takes over. And so um, we didn't mention earlier that somehow somehow Jada slash Danny has lost the sword. And she makes a point of saying, "I know I know where it is. I didn't lose it. I know where it is. I just don't have I just it. Don't
1: have it. Yeah. yeah. So
0: obviously like, it's somewhere she can't get to. Um, but she does have the cuff of cruise. She how did off. she get this? We don't know. But we do know that now the door is shut down where Cruz is is entombed and nobody can get in there and nobody could get that door shut. So how did that happen? We don't know the answer to that either. Um, yeah. But she does leave Mac with the cup of Cruz. So supposedly, according to Vlaine slash Cruz, um, she is now not able to be harmed by any Sealy or unsealy. Hooray! <laughs> so that's a little bit of protection, but she lost her spear. And yeah. seems to be kind of okay with that.
1: Yeah, because Danny's still, well, Jada, still kind of offered her protection in a way. And, and honestly, she was able to
0: use the spear
1: to kill yeah, a bunch of Yeah, and Mac can't. Like, at the po- this point, the spear is actually kind of dangerous for Mac to have, um, in Mac's own logic, because she could snap at any moment, black out, and just take out everyone and anyone um so it's like jada's almost kind of doing her a favor doing her a solid yeah but yeah and that's the book See, well, you know, talking we about lost
0: it. one we didn't say the very very ending
1: is that the very ending yeah. or is that the very beginning of the next no, it's the very oh, ending okay, okay yeah fine. so
0: mac is waiting for barons to come back he's not back yet it's been a few days and she's been
1: invisible <laughs> that was still. funny She's like, obviously he would come home first because he wants to see me yeah, get it Yeah, I'm the
0: most important thing. And yeah. we've been already talking about how we need to get to fucking this whole book. It's been a while. Right. And
1: <laughs> Some invisible fucking.
0: Yeah. Well, that could have been hot. That could have been a sex scene that I feel, yeah, cheated out of. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so she's been going, making the rounds, she says. Um, and part of that is going to Chester's. So she's like, okay, I'm going to go to Chester's and see what kind of mischief I can get into. Like, I, you know, what do I want to do? Hmm, do I want to see the, the sex level or... <laughs> and so she decides she wants to try to steal that dagger that Ryan has that can kill Papa Roach. Papa Roach. And so she goes to his office and she's trying to to find where that is. And instead she finds all of these buttons and realizes that the buttons are what control all the different monitors um, in the club. And then she stumbles upon one, and she's like, what the fuck? It's Barron's. Yeah. What's He didn't come home first? Like, that's a bunch of bullshit. He must be doing something really important. And then she flicks to another monitor, and she sees, oh, holy fucking shit. Dagus ain't dead.
1: No, Dagus has been transformed. Well, no,
0: we don't know that yet.
1: <laughs> oh shit sorry guys that's alright um,
0: well I think I you could suck. assume much like yeah. at the end of book 4 you could assume that that person who was dead was Baradins, Baradins?
1: <laughs> oh Baradins we haven't talked about Baradins at all that's the cousin <laughs> of Riot and Baradins
0: I was combining Riot and Baradins. Um. anyway yeah if they were a couple they would be Baradins <laughs>
1: Benefer, are you all about Bennifer or are you like I don't care about Benefer?
0: <laughs> who's Benefer?
1: J-Lo and Ben Affleck oh. are back together it's everywhere what it's like right now topic. yeah I am it's a big deal I kind of think it might be a publicity stunt but everybody's talking that about is it. it's
0: such a weird concept to me
1: that, that they're back people together would... no
0: well I mean I don't really care about that I don't care about either one of them, one way or another. So I have no opinion about them as a couple. You no, know,
1: I don't care. But for some reason, it does feel good. Maybe that it's they just like a reunited. nostalgic feeling. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I'm just like, oh, oh, they found their way back to each other. See, there I am being the romantic yet again. Yeah, I mean,
0: I I just remember that everyone was very annoyed by them as a couple, but I never day, yeah. had a. Like I said, I never. I don't like or dislike either one of them. They're just sort of there, and it's fine. I do not care for um, that other one he was married to. Alias. Yeah, like Alias her. was my
1: favorite show. I couldn't watch
0: know. it because I didn't. Uh-huh. I never liked her, and I'll tell you why. It's nothing against her. I'm sure she's a lovely person. Um, but and I actually have come around to liking her more. But she was on Felicity. And I loved that show, and she was not a likable character Wasn't she like the other woman on
1: that show? She was.
0: She was uh, Scott Foley's, well, and in real life. They they were married for a while. Uh, but yeah. She was her girlfriend, and you wanted um,
1: Felicity to be with her. Yeah, him.
0: and so she was in the way, and she was like, her character got a little bit manipulative. Um, Jennifer Garner, that's her name. Jennifer Garner. Well,
1: party. I mean, then that makes sense that she would become a spy.
0: Well, it makes sense because it's another J.J. Abrams show.
1: Spies. (laughs) Oh my God. Did you watch Arrested Development? Yeah. That was one of my favorite lines ever is Buster. Alias is a show about spies.
0: (laughs) I was actually thinking I should try to watch that again because I heard a lot of good things about that show.
1: Which one? Alias, Alias or Arrested Development? No, I've rewatched okay.
0: Arrested Development several times.
1: Both are favorites of mine. Yeah,
0: I should try to watch it. I I had the same feeling about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I never watched that when it came out because I really didn't like Sarah Michelle Gellar. Oh, but Spike. Are you Spike or Angel? Oh, no. Spike. Spike. Obviously. I love Spike. Yes, Angel. Oh, the ugh. best. I, Angel... Angel's acting got better over the course of the show, but he was such a fucking wet blanket for the whole like first two seasons.
1: (laughs) I did love their storyline; like she has Eh. to kill him. It's pretty gutting. It was
0: yeah, but obviously Spike is like so charismatic and charming. And yeah. well, did you know that he wasn't even intended to be a reoccurring character on that show? They brought him in for like that first storyline and he was just oh, no, so a, he was just was so enjoyable one. and such a fan favorite that they ended up bringing him back, which I'm so glad they did. Spike. Yeah. Yeah, he's great.
1: Too bad there's a lot of stuff going on about JJ Abrams now kind of being a douche. Or not yeah. just in. I got oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're probably both, but <laughs> <laughs> they
0: probably are. No offense to JJ Abrams. <laughs> he could be a lovely person. <laughs>
1: I mean, you're a male. You're in Hollywood. People are telling me you you're amazing and talented. It's only a matter of time to yeah. that turns. Are there are any of them truly lovely people? I, I would know. like to believe that Vigo is. Yeah, Vigo Morganson, mm-hmm. my great love.
0: It's <laughs> a good one.
1: I'm sure he's a good person.
0: Yeah, he could be. I don't really know anything about him at all.
1: Other than it's I remember you rumbled. told me that he's I'm really quiet. short. He was shorter than I expected. <laughs> yeah. And he, he smoked, but whatever. I, I can forgive that. Vico. I still think smoking's hot. Do you? Yeah. I do remember being young and like you see that like it was a cool thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. you're like oh god, what? Look at him. What's it? Like brings attention to their mouth. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't want
0: to make out with somebody who smokes now, but I can still like appreciate it being sexy, like the on look a of movie it. or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, Except I used to I, smoke, so. so I was obsessed with Reality Bites, and I rewatched that mm-hmm. recently, and I'm like, oh my god, if Ethan Hawke is so gross in this movie, and I had such a crush on him, I loved him, but he just smokes nonstop, and he's all greasy, Grazy, and he's yeah. like not nice to her, and he's in a band that's just like mediocre, and like he works, like he's just not. Ugh.
0: Yeah, I never found him attractive, although I do love that movie, and I yeah. I watch it often. <laughs> probably watched it like four times since quarantine did. really I watched yes. it once. Rhinona Ryder slash Layla Pierce is yeah I love her she was like iconic to me I wanted to be just like that. her when I was younger um yeah. I just thought she was the best
1: <laughs> I wanted to be like Marissa Tomei in Untamed Heart oh, I thought she yeah. was the best
0: I love yeah, Marissa like, Tomei cool
1: eyeliner and then mm. that movie opens with like yeah. joe's diner <laughs> suzanne <So> vega cool. <laughs> christian slater
0: christian slater's hot
1: yeah i had a whole speaking of fan fiction i had a whole story written in my head for robin hood where i was the love interest of christian slater's in that movie oh. we had a really epic romance
0: that's funny that you mentioned that because austin and i just re-watched that movie last weekend Ugh, <laughs> i hadn't I seen recommend. it in so long
1: So good in that (laughs) he is, yeah. It's
0: it was was good. A lot of it was pretty boring, to be honest. But yeah, and it's so funny because Kevin Costner, I already forgot now, but he was like thirty something in that movie, and I'm like, I don't know why in my mind he's just like perpetually middle aged.
1: (laughs) Like I never looked middle aged.
0: Yeah, like I never looked at him. You know, you would think now that he would be more like oh, like a sexy sex person when I watch it because I'm an adult a now I'm not person. a girl <laughs> you mean like you'd be attracted to him yes. like
1: he'd be a heartthrob yes no but he's no he's never been attracted he's no. too melt toast he's there's too middle-aged aged. well and there's just no like vigor behind him yeah I mean I'm sure there's some women that are like oh yeah Kevin Costner oh yeah I'm
0: sure he was probably like the sexiest man alive on people magazine at least one time but man. no <laughs> Not for me. He doesn't do it for
1: me at all. No. But yeah. You know, one day, this was a big day in my life as a a young girl. I was with my grandmother. We were in Palm Springs. and It was really hot. So we went to the movies. And we watched Robin Hood and then snuck into Dances with Wolves. What? Because both of these features were on. This is when (laughs) Kevin Costner was in his prime. um, And we spent the entire day in movie theaters watching those two movies. Because Dances with Wolves is really long. I've actually never seen that movie. Oh, another weird r- random fact, Jason, my love, is actually related to that main character that Kevin Costner played in that movie.
0: Really? I didn't yeah. even know it was based on a
1: real person. Neither did I until I met Jason, and he told me that, and I believe him. I don't think it's a lie.
0: That's his little, like, sexy bangy drops on dates, by the way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> by the way, have you seen Dances with Wolves? Hmm. I danced with those wolves.
0: <laughs>
1: That's funny. Yeah. All right. Anyways.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's about it. We reached reached the end of Burned. And, that's um, Burned. Yeah. And the next book is is Feverborn. Yeah. True. Sure. Yeah. Feverborn. Yeah. Um. So we'll see what happens in that book because truly, I I like you only remember the end, which I thought was the end of this book that we just read. But
1: funny that I had the same thought, and when you mentioned it, I'm like, nope, that's not this book. Because yeah, you're, I had a big, you're way ahead thought. of me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're a faster reader. I'm a reader. have already read like two books since Burn, and I'm like struggling.
1: Yes, <laughs> I finished busing. the third Guild book, and they're so good. I can't wait for you to read them. I'm so
0: excited. I mean, I love Fever, and I wish that I was a faster reader because there's so many books that have come out since we started doing our read Oh yeah, that Kyle. I'm like, oh man, I'm just, let's get through this so that I can take a break between yeah. seasons and read some of these other things.
1: Yeah. Well, the guilt series is quick. It's a quick read. So you'll get through it. And then there is a fourth one coming. I thought it was just going to be three books. So it's not.
0: Well, I'm always, I always end up being happy that I waited because then you have a shorter wait time. Well, and the next, uh, the next deadlands book. Or savage lands book. It's called deadlands is by Stacey Marie Brown is coming out in like five days.
1: Oh, I'm wow. Okay. i excited cool.
0: about that one, too. We're ready
1: for that one. Yeah. They're what is that? War, Warwick? Warwick. Warwick. Yeah. He's hot. I like that mm-hmm. character.
0: Yeah. I well, agree. even reading that, I'm like, oh, we are. I already know the author loves Jason Momoa because I follow her on Instagram and she's all about the Jason Momoa posts. Uh, but, you know, reading that character, I'm like, oh, so Jason Momoa.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. I don't see him that way. I see oh. him more chiseled. Um, oh, okay. I a see A lot him, of people like... actually. Um, back in the day, we're casting Barons with Jason Momoa, and I never saw that.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, like Jason Momoa is like the pinnacle of of hotness. I'm Many women agree. No, not for you.
1: I don't know how I feel about Jason Momoa. I definitely recognize the hotness there. I loved him in Game of Thrones. Thought that he was that character. I hated him in Aquaman, um, but I just hated that movie in general. I thought it was really dumb. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know how I feel about Jason Momoa. He's hot you know me I like my businessmen. yeah he's a little too yeah like, I like the unkempt, unkempt
0: wild unhinged you like him wild I do I, I like, like him controlled Sam. Yeah. I like to I I guess even I'm surprised I'm not more into lore because I yeah, like the, be I guy. like the whole you know like I'm fixing to get ravaged
1: you're <laughs> fixing to get ravaged yeah uh, I, I like. want somebody
0: that's can't keep control of themselves like i'm real into warwick like i, I like love. he's he's the type of alpha male that i'm like yeah i like what you he's have. He's got control offer. though yeah but you can it could slip at any time well, much yeah. like barons i like the ones like it's about. like you're in control but then when you lose control it's like hard for you to get it back well and that's actually that's one thing we didn't talk about in this book how barons is like the difference between him and riot and is that Oh, because Mac watches Riot and transition into the Beast to kill Lore, and oh, then and he really and he comes back seamlessly. And so she asks Barons about that later because she's like, you know, when you do it, it's this—it looks really painful, and it takes you a few minutes. And and Baron says, "Yeah, that's because I I love being the Beast, and so like I, wanna I don't want to let yeah. go of that. It's harder, but Riot and likes being the man, and so that's the.
1: That was a cool moment, like kind of like giving you kind of insight between the difference between the two of them and just i mean we always knew that like you know baron's has said from day one like he's pretty much a beast um but it was kind of cool to see like he actually struggles with being the man almost Mm -hmm. i mean i like that element yeah (laughs) (laughs) i like control with the beast inside and then Mm -hmm. they can let the beast out to protect me
0: yeah that's fair (laughs) it's also hot look i like lots yeah i like lots of different kinds of alphas yeah. Just, you know, were I to design my own, it would probably be the more wild version.
1: Oh, I can't wait for you to read the Guild series.
0: Oh, I will. It's it's toward the top of my list. The very t- well, the very top of my list is going to be Deadlands now because that's going to be out. Um, but second is the. Uh, jennifer armand trout the next oh um, i forgot about that yeah, one the next copy and and i guess and i better Hop, read that or Cassian. it's out right? oh it's been out for a while i i can't remember the name of it offhand um, it's like
1: the crown gilded bones? bones or something yeah yeah
0: so i've i'm super excited about reading that because i will say that that series has been kind of like the fever series was when i first read that i just like devoured it devoured it like I cannot wait to to read more and and Cassian or Hawk he's I love his character and the sex scenes between them are super hot and I just really like that world and I'm excited to to read more all right, guys. Well, we will see you next time for the next episode of the Sexy Scary Book Club. Uh, in the meantime, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe. And you can follow us on Instagram at sexyscarybook, Book. And contact us via email at club at gmail.com. And we will see you soon.